Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. We have a very exciting uh, podcast here today as I talk to Adam Balatico, who runs uh, 24-7 Sports covering Boston College. And we talk mostly about BC football. We also talked a little bit of basketball as well. Uh, but uh, it was a very interesting podcast. Before I get into that, though, I'd like to remind everybody, you know, just kind of recap the March Madness run that BC basketball had in the ACC tournament. Obviously a very good run, three games, uh, two wins, and one loss, of course, at the end there to Clemson. Uh, but a good run, it got BC into the NIT. Uh, so that all was good. However, I do think what we need to learn from as BC fans and the team itself is how important and how critical a buy or even a double buy is. And you could see that with the legs, uh, you know, kind of fall, falling apart a little bit just from being tired, playing three games in three games against a team who's playing his first game uh, with a double bye. So I think a goal for next year's BC basketball team, it's certainly attainable, is to get the top four seed in the ACC and to get that double bye uh, if, before they play Charlotte in Charlotte at the 2019 ACC tournament. Conversely, I have a lot of New England fans, so I think I should talk about UConn basketball as well. Uh, Kevin Alley is fired this week from the UConn basketball uh, for cause, by the way. UConn does not want to pay its buy, his buyout of $10 million. So we're going to see how that plays out. But regarding Kevin Alley, you know, you really can't blame the administration at UConn. Uh, you take away Jalen Adams' miracle half-court shot, really three-quarter length shot, in the AAC tournament a couple years ago. And UConn doesn't make the tournament for four consecutive years. Uh, this is coming from a team who's won four titles since 1999. So expectations are sky high. It really, every uh, UConn as a program should make the tournament every single year. That's where the expectations are at the bare minimum. So I, I'm not surprised that Kevin Alley uh, was uh, fired this past weekend from the UConn Huskies. All right, everybody, we'll get right into the podcast. Also, like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you need to be a part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get more details. First, though, let's hear from Chestnut Hill Technologies and Stone Loving Pizza. As always, thank you so much for listening. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. At Stone Love and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed, all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles! All right, so first of all, Adam, thanks so much for the time and uh, joining us here on the Lights, Camera, Sports Podcast. Thanks for having me on. Well, Adam, let's just get right into it. Uh, I had a nice conversation with you at the Pinstripe Bowl, BC football. First of all, I'd like to get your take on that game and uh, obviously a tough loss to Iowa, but just your just overall feelings of the Pinstripe Bowl. You know, first of all, it was you know freezing 
cold in the press box on the field too. And I think, you know, unfortunately the field conditions took away a lot of what Boston College was hoping to do, use their speed on offense and defense. I mean, there were a couple of big plays that were there to be had that, you know, the field conditions kind of took over. I think it showed just how far, you know, Boston College came from, you know, early in the season getting run off their home field by Wake Forest to, you know, last game of the season with their backup quarterback, you know, Yeah, you're right. A lot of pauses, but you know, also some frustrating negatives as well. Adam, let's backtrack. I'm interested to get your story. Uh, how did you get involved covering sports? You're always interested in sports growing up from New Jersey. And uh, you also, people might not know, you're a BC graduate. Just give us your your story, life story so far. Yeah, so I started off, you know, at Don Bosco Prep. Um, you know, I actually had Anthony Campanelli as, you know, a gym teacher of mine and you know, I was always a big-time sports fan, and it was probably junior or senior year of high school I started uh, writing, actually covering the NFL draft um, for Mocking the Draft and Behind the Steel Curtain, two SB Nation sites. And, uh, you know, I grew up a Rutgers football fan and became a BC football fan when I got to BC back in 2013. And in 2013, 24-7 Sports was looking to start up the Rutgers site, so me and a couple of buddies kind of started that. And, you know, throughout the years in college, I kind of looked to get the BC site. Um, it wasn't until 24-7 Sports merged with Scout that that became an opportunity. So back in uh, August, right after graduating last May, I took over the 24-7 Sports BC site. I passed off the Rutgers site to um, some other guys and uh, been doing the Boston College 24-7 as my only writing gig since, since August when we launched so actually pretty good season when you look back on it to cover. I know I had a good time covering them as well, the BC football, the ups and downs, some bad start, but a, a good finish to the season. A uh, pretty decent, eventful year to cover BC football last fall. Yeah, it was definitely um, a pickup from you know my last couple of years at BC, you know, graduating. And I had season tickets, and so I was up there every week for the games. And it was definitely a, a good season, an exciting season. Um, didn't start off great, but I mean, once I turned it around, I mean, it was impressive to watch, and it was definitely the best football I've seen played at BC in my five years following the team. Yeah, geez, now you got to get we got to get back my senior year, Matt Ryan, number two in the nation, fired up. Yeah. <laughs> get back yeah. to those days. Hopefully soon. Uh, well, first of all, interesting. So, you, Coach Campanelli is a gym teacher. What was he like at Don Bosco as a gym teacher? Uh, he was great. He's he's uh, one of the best dudes I've ever met. He was a gym teacher, and he was the offensive coordinator for Don Bosco my freshman year. Uh, I mean, he's a funny guy. He's, you know, an outgoing personality. And, you know, you could see it from day one that he was going to be a star in the industry. He went from, you know, Don Bosco prep assistant to Don Bosco prep offense coordinator. Then Greg Schiano brought him up to his alma mater, Rutgers, as a graduate assistant. You know, Kyle Flood came in and made him an assistant coach. And then, you know, when that regime change happened a couple of years back, Coach Adazio brought him up to BC. And not surprisingly, here he is this year national defensive backs coach of the year by 24-7 sports and football scoop and it's not surprising to see his success he's a relentless worker he's got a great personality he connects with the kids and you know he knows the game of football chestnut hill technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the boston area and owned by bc alum 
CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. At Stone Love and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed, all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles! Uh, let's talk about, too, as well, uh, the recruiting class coming in for BC next year. Uh, just w- what's w- what's your general take of the recruiting class, and what are some players BC fans should look out for? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, it's a class that, you know, they filled up early. They went out and they identified, you know, the 20 to 22 guys they wanted. And, you know, they got their class in, you know, pretty much everyone was committed by August and they were able to keep everyone committed. And in terms of, you know, some of the top guys, in my opinion, in the class, guys that can make early impacts, you know, Vinny De Palma, who's actually already enrolled at Boston College taking classes. He's a big physical inside linebacker. He kind of fits the mold of what, what BC looks for. He's a smart kid. He's a good athlete. He's got great size. He comes from a football family. And, you know, he gets the head start of, you know, getting spring practice underway. And then, you know, another guy, another Jersey guy, Campanile recruit, Evan Stewart. He's kind of a hybrid safety linebacker from St. Joe's Regional, uh, about 6'1", 210. Again, his dad played college football. He's a football guy. And, you know, he's a really high football IQ. And from the standpoint for him, I think he makes an impact as a freshman on special teams. You know, he's coming into a loaded position group, you know in the secondary for BC. That's probably the strongest of their team right now. So I don't know if he can see the field defensively, but definitely as a special team guy, he'll make an impact. And then obviously, you, have, you know, Finn Durston was the prize of the class, you know, four-star offensive lineman, in-state guy. But, you know, I mean, with what BC is bringing back on the O-line, it would probably take a few injuries for him to see the field as a freshman. But, you know, once John Baker moves on, Finn Durston is, you know, a pretty logical guy to slide into that center position, or maybe he plays guard and Ben Petrula stays at center, but you know, there's a few other guys in the class that you know, can definitely be high-impact players. I think Aaron Gethers, the cornerback from Bishop McDevitt, not highly recruited, but highly, highly talented, very fast, you know, elite speed, quick hips, really made some big strides in his senior year. And then Tyler Brable, obviously, you talk about football family, you know, his dad's now the head coach for the Tennessee Titans, was a tremendous player, and he's a guy who, at his size, is going to grow into what I think will be an elite left tackle down the line. Also, too, just fans tend to focus on quarterbacks, running backs. What's your general take as BC's brought a couple in for each position? For sure, yeah, starting with uh, John Lang, and that's another, you know, Coach Campanile recruit, Burden Catholic, Nunzio Campanile is, you know, kind of a quarterback guru. He's probably the best quarterback coach in the state of New Jersey. Langan was actually an uh, athlete when he got to Burden Catholic, didn't really have a position, and started off at wide receiver, and then their four-star quarterback got hurt. And, you know, he had a hell of an arm, so, you know, Nunzio moved him over to quarterback, and he's kind of taken the coaching, and he's made some big-time strides. You know, an ankle injury actually limited his athleticism and forced him to kind of learn how to play inside the pocket, and it 
really led to some big-time improvement his senior year, you know, leading Bergen Catholic to their first state title in a long time. He's a guy who probably needs a bit of time to, you know, continue to improve his mechanics, especially his footwork. But in terms of arm talent, you know, he's he's off the charts arm talent-wise. He's a great athlete. He could run that run-pass option that we saw a little bit more this year with ease. And, you know, I think down the line he could be a quarterback for BC that plays and helps them win in the ACC. And then Matt Valisi from Fordham Prep, He's more of your prototypical pro-style quarterback. You know, he has really, really refined mechanics for a high school kid and great ball placement, good zip on his arm. He can read the defense. His level of competition, though, wasn't, you know, what it was at Burton Catholic for John Lang. And so, again, he's another guy who probably needs time to adjust to the speed of the ACC. And, but both of those guys, in terms of, you know, quarterback recruits for BC, they're good fits. They can come in, learn behind Anthony Brown, work with Coach Leffler, and, Hopefully by the time they're retro freshmen, retro sophomores, be ready to step in and keep that going because Anthony Brown's probably the guy for the next couple of years. How do you think Anthony Brown, just to segue, we saw him on the pinstripe bowl. actually came up to the press box for a little bit. Do you think he'll be ready to go come August? Uh, that's what I mean. Everything I've heard you know, has been July, August return, maybe a little bit sooner than July, but um, – yeah, I think he should be back. And, you know, so far none of the coaches are concerned that he won't make it back um, in time for, you know, the last couple weeks of practice before the season starts. Just now general take, what, how do we view, how do you think BC fans should now view Coach Adazio, uh, you know, five years in? And what's and next year coming in, a, a pretty good schedule, I have to say. Uh, what's just your general take and a macro look at the program from the coaching perspective? I think, and, you know, we talked about this last week actually on our podcast, but, you know, it's it's kind of coming into this make-or-break year, in my opinion. You know, Coach Adazio took over a program that, from a talent standpoint, there was talent, yeah, but it was very unbalanced in terms of positions, and he was trying to install some systems. Yeah, unfortunately, he lost Coach Day late in the process, that coaching cycle, and now we all know what Coach Day has gone on to do. And, and he's now laid the foundation, I think, to the point where, you know, this is a year you can say if, if BC doesn't make the next step, it might be time to move on. But I really believe with what they're bringing back, what they have on the coaching staff, leadership, talent, I really think he's laid the foundation here to kind of make a big step as a program. And I think they already were doing it, you know, at the end of last year. If Anthony Brown doesn't get hurt, they probably win their last eight games of the season. And, you know, they're going into a bigger bowl than even the Pinstripe Bowl. But, you know, unfortunately losing Anthony Brown and not having him for spring ball is going to limit some of what they can do, but I think, you know, talent-wise, that's probably going to be the most talented Boston College team in a really long time, and they have a chance to, you know, be something special next year, and I think, you know, he's, Adagio's definitely earned the right with the way this season went to get next season and see how it goes, because it does have the chance to, you know, as I said, be something special. And this talk about the schedule, at Purdue, you got Holy Cross coming to town, uh, the, obviously, ACC is tough, but uh, the bye week's in a pretty good spot. Just talk about the schedule as a whole. It seems like it, it does play out pretty well for a good run here for BC. Back heavy, though, of course. Yeah, it's for sure back heavy. But I, I think that works again in the favor of BC because they're going to be working Anthony Brown back into it with two games at the beginning of the season that are, you know, I don't want to call them gimme games, but, you know, UMass and Holy Cross are good games to have your quarterback come back and work off an injury. And <laughs> realistically, you look at those first seven games, you know, BC is either going to be favored or very, very small underdogs in every single one of those games. And there's the chance to, you know, go into your bye week at 7-0 and or 6-1 and nationally ranked before you take on a Miami team, probably the Red Bandana game on Friday night. 
national crowd, national audience. That could be, you know, the game that if you look back in five years and BC has really emerged as a player in the ACC, that game could be the one that helps them get there. Because you get to that game six and one, seven and out, coming off a of bye week, it's going to be a sellout crowd. There'll be a lot of Miami fans there, but it's it's going to be a sellout BC heavy crowd if that's the case, and that's going to be a big time opportunity for you know the BC program. Now look at the administration for BC. Uh, Martin Jarmon, I know you've had you've had a day with him. You should spend some time with him. New AD uh, at Boston College. I believe he's either 37 or 38 years old. Youngest Power 5 AD uh, across the country. I'd like to get your take on Martin Jarmon. Oh, he's, he's a rock star in my opinion. I got to spend some time with him and you know, I interviewed him, did a series of interviews with him. You know, He has the vision, he has the work ethic, he has the passion. And he has the ability to sell that vision to other employees, other coaches, other fans, students. You see the student attendance at the BC basketball games has been so much better this year. And, you know, you see Martin walking around the tailgating lots at the football games, interacting with young alumni, interacting with students. He's doing a great job on fundraising. He's doing a great job on facilities. And he, the most important thing to me is he knows what it takes to be an elite athletic program you know he comes from michigan state and ohio state you know all the problems aside with michigan state they're an unbelievable athletic program ohio state's the same he learned from the best and gene smith and was kind of his right hand man he knows what it takes to be a good coach at the acc level he knows what it takes to be a good ticket salesman at the acc or big time college level and he's doing a really good job bringing in people that can help him create this vision of Boston College Athletics, and he's doing a great job of selling it to the fans and to the donors and to the student-athletes and the coaches as well. Adam, before I let you go, last question as we look forward to the, after the AC tournament, back to football, the spring season. Uh, what are two or three storylines BC fans should look to this spring and as we look towards the spring football game with BC football? Sure. First, obviously, is going to be you know who emerges across from Zach Allen as that pass rusher that Harold Landry has been. You know, BC relied really heavily on primarily five defensive linemen, and now three of them are gone. So, who's going to step up on the defensive line? I think is most important. You know, for the development of the team as a whole. And then, you know, second, you know, John Baker, Elijah Johnson, Connor Strahan, Max Richardson—they all returned from season-ending injuries. And how does Adazio and the staff balance? You know those four guys who were all big-time players with the guys who replaced them that also played really well. I think that'll be interesting to see what they do from that standpoint. And then, of course, Anthony Brown is out. So which one of these quarterbacks is going to um, you know, kind of step up as the number two? And, you know, God forbid that Anthony can't make it back in time for the season. Who's going to be our starting quarterback going into the season next year? I think those are three kind of storylines to stay focused on once spring practice starts. You got me thinking. You mentioned Zach Allen, Harold Landry. How do you think he'll he'll go with the NFL draft? What's your take on him this year? Yeah, I follow the NFL draft, you know, really closely. Obviously, I used to write and cover the NFL draft, and I think there's he has one of the widest ranges of prospect grades I've seen in a long time. You see some guys talk about him as a top ten or fifteen pick, and you see other guys talking about him as a third round pick. And I think what you see on film is when his motor's going. He has a great array of pass rushing moves. He improved against the run this year compared to last year. And you just you get that to the quarterback. And guys like that, you know, they usually end up getting drafted higher than you would expect. I'd, I'd see him slotting in, you know, late first round, early second round, a team that wants kind of a hybrid 3 4 4 3 rush linebacker. I think, you know, a team like the Steelers could use him. 
you know, the Patriots are always looking for those kind of athletic hybrid guys that can rush the quarterback. I think he'll end up going late first round when it's all said and done. Well, Adam, thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast, right, for Boston College 24-7 Sports. Uh, all right, Adam, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Great. Thanks for having me on. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. At Stone Love and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed, all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles! Well, thank you so much to Adam for joining us here on the Lights, Camera, Sports Podcast, presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'd like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, just sign up and uh, join the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get more details. Also, like to remind everybody if you want to join Chestnut Hill Technologies and Soul Love and Pizza and advertising on this growing podcast, reaching the BC community and around New England, just email me at lights, camera, sports, ads. That's ads at gmail.com. That's lights, camera, sports, ads at gmail.com. All right, we'll see you again next week. As always, thank you so much for listening. This is Mike Galtieri signing off.